matter how high-tech, highfalutin, lazy, or foo-foo America gets, we will never stop hunting and fishing. This is The Hunting Quest. Hunting Quest. We take one hour of every week and talk about our favorite things in the world, hunting, hunting and, fishing. and fishing. You'll get tips and help on the fishing environment locally in the DMV area. Plus, we're going to have fun along the way. This is The Hunting Quest. And now your host, Mike Tippin and Bennett Malin. Yeehaw. What's going on? Just another beautiful Friday. But it's not Friday. No, it's Friday, dude. Trust me, it's definitely Friday. No, it's not. It'll hopefully be Wednesday. It's, <laughs> hopefully it's done raining by Friday because this rain has been insane. I'm over yeah. it. Too much. It's been wet Way for like too much. four days now. It's, yeah, but we needed it. I'm never going to turn down rain. Uh, yeah. I grew up on a... I grew up around and with farmers and all. No, never going to turn down rain <laughs> ever. That's, that's fair. I don't know. Walking dogs in the rain. It's not fun though. I'm not a fan <laughs> of that. I'm over it. I look like a goofball walking around in sick gear and Gore-Tex jackets, walking around the apartment complex, walking my dogs in the hurricane or what's left of it, I guess. There's no hurricane. <laughs> there was no hurricane. It was a was named, it? it's a named storm. All right. It's close enough. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. No. So, Mike, tonight we're joined with Logan from Pattern Master. Logan, how are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here. Right on. So, dude, what? Oh, I thought you said that was dude. the weakest intro I have what do you want ever me to do heard. Here, that's the weakest I have heard yet. No, Man. I'm joking. It's all good. That's it's all rude. good. That's rude. <laughs> do we need to start over. No, <laughs> only if you forgot to hit record this time. No, we are recording. That's a good thing. Oh, that's good. So. That's good. Awesome. Normally he's all in, Logan. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, Benny. Today he's like, mm. hey, I'm used to taking several takes of the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> over and over. Like my cadence was off. I got to change that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. All right, Benny. I'll give you some grief today, but that's all right. That's messed up, man. So, Logan, tell us a little bit about Pattern Master. I think a lot of people probably know you, but tell us a little <laughs> yeah. bit about the company. Well, Pattern Master is a choke tube company that started in 1993. Uh, my dad, uh, retired Army, uh, got out at E6. He was uh, he actually shot with the Army Marksmanship Unit for 13 out of his 20 years. Has a still-standing world record for... Uh, I think 45 rapid fire at 50 yards. He's, he was uh, pretty well known, became really close buddies with like a lot of Olympic shooters. And then he got into gunsmithing after that. And that was his, his primary uh, bread and butter for a long time. Um, mostly like 45 match pistols, but he would work with everything. Uh, he was working in a machine shop, uh, making rifled barrels. And a fellow by the name of Mike C showed up. And he had this idea. He had a, a choke tube that was extended out past the end of the barrel with a series of set screws in it. And they said, we've tested this. It shoots really good, but we're not quite sure why. So my dad <laughs> and another buddy of his uh, retired, what was he, Master Sergeant? Uh, or maybe Sergeant Major, uh, Jerry Poe. He <clears throat> was working there with him, and they both did some testing. They did some high speed, uh, like footage in order to see everything leaving the barrel in order to kind of figure out that the set screws sticking out just a little bit on the inside of the choke was acting like a wad stop. It was catching the wad and allowing all the shot to leave together in one uniform pattern. Um, my dad developed a system in order to make this marketable, something that could be produced. Uh, cause no one's going to buy a choke with set screws in it. Uh, nah. <laughs> so they came up with their first original idea, uh, around like 92, 93. Um, I think we've been in Cabela's since 93, the waterfowl community really took on to us early and adopted it very quickly. Um, primarily because most chokes work on the concept of constriction. 
So everyone knows when you buy your shotgun, it usually comes with three different constriction chokes, sometimes four. Um, and that's sort of just the language that everyone understands whenever it comes to shotgun chokes. However, this system, which became our stud ring, if you're familiar with our chokes, we use a series of five stud blocks that are raised slightly to catch the base of the wad as it travels down the barrel so that everything can leave at the same time, um, which results in a shorter shot string. Now, shot string isn't something that a lot of people take into account whenever they do pattern testing. Most time you're pattern testing at a stationary object, which uh, is great to see like what it does, but you're not seeing the three dimensions of what's happening as those pellets are hitting an object. So if you're out here shooting a standard constriction choke, it's kind of like pouring sand through a funnel. Not all of your shot is going to get out the end of that barrel at the same time, meaning everything has to bind and slow down so that the pellets can leave. Uh, what that does is creates an extremely long shot string, sometimes between 15 and 20 feet from the first pellet to the last to hit. It also oh, reduces the total amount of energy that that shot can produce downrange. Um, so with our system, we don't rely on constriction. We rely on our stud system. So we've taken that 15 to 20 foot of shot string down to about three to five foot. So now when all of your pellets hit the object that you're shooting at, they all hit it once, which is crumbling birds in the air. And it's, it's just very obvious when you see it downrange, you know, it's just getting smacked so hard. Um, so that was kind of our philosophy behind a lot of this was that if you can get everything there at the same time, not only is it, you know, with physics, it's reducing the amount of wind deflection that you're going to get. So everything stays in a tighter pattern. It's also going to increase the amount of range because you're not constricting to slow anything down. You're just pulling the wad away and letting the shot do what it does. Uh, that will also increase, you know, effective range, things like that. Um, and it's been pretty much our philosophy ever since uh, with all of our products that we produce. I say, and I've, I've, I've got a couple of them here sitting with me on the desk and you can feel those. Those are the rings you're talking about, right? On the inside, you can feel those where they step down. And that's what's actually grabbing that wad, right? Is that your turkey? Yeah. The turkey uses a different system. Okay. Um, for our code black turkey, and it's the only one that uses this system, we put in four tiny separating rings. We wanted to stay on the same idea of removing the wad, but the turkey does use constriction. Okay. So it's one of the very few that we do produce and use constriction to control the pattern. Um, but those separating rings are kind of like speed bumps to slow the wad down and allow the shot to continue moving forward. Gotcha. Um, but the, uh, what was it? The duck, I think we sent you. Oh yeah. You, I can see that now. It's actually five separate little, little blocks in there. Huh. Yep. You can feel them in there. I mean, we machine those in house here. Everything that you see on that other than it's coding. The coding we have to get done elsewhere. We don't have the the tools for that. So how'd you guys get into actually machining them yourself? We kind of talked about this a little bit before we started uh, started recording here. So at first we had machine shops that could do mass production for us, uh, but it was hard to get everything consistent. And then, you know, if there was an issue with a tube, we had no way of knowing what lot number of steel it was uh, you know, where it was coming from, what were the dimensions before and after, was there something wrong with it? We couldn't, we couldn't nail that down. And we knew that this was like an issue, which we didn't have many problems with them. It's just that we don't like not being in control of what you're putting out there. If something happens, you could be liable. Right. And, uh, my mother, uh, she was working for, uh, USIS, which is, uh, a contract company that works for uh, Department of Homeland Security. So she decided to cash in her 401k, buy her first machine, 
and uh, you know, have blueprints made up and completely go over the dimensions. We did a little bit of rework and redesign on everything at that time, which I think was around 2004. That, uh, which if you have like a pre 2004 choke to one now, you can tell the difference. Like there's a chamfer on the end of them that they didn't have before. Uh, the cross slots are different, stuff like that. But we developed, uh, our own in-house system to be able to make sure that we could produce everything. And then it kind of grew. She, uh, you know, started doing well with production, bought more machines, had to bring on somebody else to run a machine. Uh, then we got another guy to come in and do porting on our mill for all the, uh, the holes in the end of the chokes. Um, and it just kind of spitballed. Then we had to get another facility and add more machines. Now we have one, two, three, four, uh, four CNC mill or CNC lathes, one CNC mill. I think there's also three manual mills here to do cross slotting. We've got the whole setup under one roof, except for shipping and receiving. That's uh, about three quarters of a mile down the road. That's incredible. So everything, so I mean, everything on them, like you said, everything other than the shipping and receiving is all done in-house by you guys in America. Yes. With American made tools, American steel, we go through an American steel broker in order to get all of our steel. We're very particular about what heat lot. It's all 17.4 pH stainless. Um, and we're pretty big on consistency with that. Every single tube has its own stamping for which lot number it comes with. So if we get something that goes wrong, whether it's an ammo issue, a gun issue, somebody didn't clean something, they had a bad round and got a, a wad stuck in their barrel and pulled the trigger again, something like that happens, we can tell if it's an issue because now we know exactly you know, what bunch of steel this was. And then if there's an issue, we could like issue a recall or something like that if there was ever a problem, but we've never had a problem yet. That's awesome. <laughs> a lot of attention to detail. We keep our tolerances tight. So real quick, how many, how, on a daily basis, how many chokes could you all pump out? Uh, I know daily it's kind of hard. It depends on what we're working on. What usually sure. we have two machines running side one, two machines running side two depends on what they're working on and then how quickly they can get through the mill and then back to my department, which is, uh, it's all hand finished. Every single hole has been hand to bird, ran on a buffing polishing wheel in order to get every little sharp edge off of them so that they look like something that's worth the price. Um, typically every week we have at least one order going out and order is, uh, it minimum of four boxes of 144 chokes. So Jeez. God, <laughs> yeah, I think last year, 52 weeks in a year, we had, I think 65 orders go out. That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. I think that the last time I heard a, a ballpark figure on yearly production, I think it was over 65,000 tubes a year or something like that. All hand touched. I say all by every hand. single one of them meticulously. And I'm <laughs> head of our department back here for hand finishing. So I, I train the people and I'm also a real stickler because <laughs> most of the people that we work with, I mean, their last name isn't Lutnagger, but mine is. So whenever these go out the door, I want them to look a very particular way because, you know, if you wouldn't sign your name on it, it shouldn't leave the leave this building. Yeah. And man, That's they do. Awesome. I mean, these things are, they're gorgeous. I mean, coming from just raw steel into this is just incredible by hand, hand finished. It's I love them. It's a type of craftsmanship that you almost don't see anymore as everything's becoming uh, sort of designed to fail, you know, yep. planned obsolescence. 
mm-hmm. the more they make things intentionally to break so that you have to buy more. We don't do that because that's not how you get known for making a good product. <laughs> it's, it doesn't help you in the long run. There you go. Absolutely. There you go. Now, uh, one more question I had, obviously you have, you employ folks, right? I mean, you give people jobs. Um, and that's always a good thing. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, number one, small business, medium business, um, made in the U S by U S components. And you've got these, I mean, and, and you're employing, you know, you're, you're giving people jobs. So, um, I applaud it. I do. And, you know, kudos to y'all for, you know, for the exception, you know, I always call it the, you know, that, um, um, just exception that you exceptional quality that you put into it and certainly the attention to detail. Um, you know, I, I saw your stuff. I, I, you know, when Benny showed me the, uh, what he had and I'm like, man, those things are gorgeous. I mean, you don't typically look at a piece of metal that's going to go down the barrel of your gun and say, eh, yeah, but I did. And I'm like, man, that is, there's a lot of detail in that. There's a lot of love that went into that. So, um, there's something to too about it. Just, Putting it like when you put it into the gun, you can almost feel the machining still. And God, it's just a satisfying like as it's going into the top of the barrel, like it just it feels better. Like I don't know what it is. There's something about it just it's like really satisfying putting it in. And they and they're deadly. God, they're deadly. It is an efficient system. I mean, sure. I've gone to shows all across the country to you know sell products for sporting goods shows and stuff like that and we have people that are you know they're very skeptical they don't they don't want to try it and they're like you know for what it costs for one of these i could go and buy you know five primos tubes and i'm like <laughs> you could they're all manufactured <laughs> you know wherever they're manufactured however they're made and they're not going to do what this does you could buy six of them if you want, but yeah, you can only use one at a time. The, so yeah, you can only use one at a time. Right. So I've got another question for you. That is a myth that I've been told. I think it has some truth to it that a three inch shell will pattern better than a three and a half. Fact. Fact. In our testing, that is what we've seen. Um, now the reason that that's the thing that separates our goose tube from our duck tube mm-hmm. um just a little background for anybody who's not super familiar with the company our code black line of products is game specific so it's what you're hunting will be on the label and the reason we did that is because it's our system not using constriction was very difficult to try to explain to people um because the way that we do it is how much extends beyond the barrel if you shoot three and a halfs primarily, you're going to want a goose tube or our classic extended because a three and a half has a longer wad. Now you can still shoot two and three quarter and three inch out of it. And it's all going to pattern like a full to extra full. But if you want that extra full with a three and a half, you're going to need that extra length. Um, the reason we do that is so that the end of the wad is flush with the end of the tube when the wad hits the studs. So everything is contained inside the end of that barrel as that wad is being removed. So everything moves as one solid unit out the end of the barrel. Um, our duck tube uh, is designed around the two and three quarter and three inch uh, wads, which me personally, I always recommend three inch. I find uh, using our duck or our long range in the classics is uh, the most versatile tube because every, say you want to have the first round you load in there, you can load in like a three and a half and then load the rest three inch so that you can reach out and get that full to extra full pattern in your distance shots as they're coming in. But then say, you know, one gets in real close, you have that three and a half. And whenever you put a three and a half through our long range or duck, whatever you prefer to call it, the long range choke, you already have about half an inch of wad opening up out the end of the barrel, throwing a larger diameter pattern when it hits the base of those studs. So everything leaves still giving you that dense pattern, but it's just going to throw it a little bit wider. 
by switching to a three and a half. How did y'all figure this stuff out? <laughs> it was a long process. I was probably still in diapers oh my God. <laughs> when they were uh, figuring all this out. Um, that's, that's awesome. We've got high speed <laughs> footage that we've, you know, tested and seen it happen. So we do know that it does work. And that's also how, uh, say like our timber upland decoy uh, tubes work. Same concept. You just trim it back towards that stud ring so that more of the wad is opening up, throwing a larger diameter pattern while still keeping it very short shot string and dense. So you're either going to get a absolute crushing hit or a clean miss. <laughs> I've told you that, Mikey, since day one of me talking yeah, about Pattern Master. In a word. I, that's why I love him, because I don't cripple birds with this. Yeah, he does you either you either clean miss or you hit them with a freaking cinder block at 50 yards. There is no in between. There is no oh, I kind of broke its wing. That's that's the easiest way I know when I hit a bird is you'll see like one falls this way, one falls this way, one runs into a brick wall. I'm like, "Oh, that one's mine." Okay, where's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> we uh we actually used to have a video that got sent to us from someone who was using our our tube. Uh, they were using a goose tube. I want it. It's been so long. I think that they were using six shot, uh, three inch. I want to say it was Winchester loads. I don't know what exact ammo they were using. It was at about 50 yards on a Canadian goose. And he hit this thing in the neck <laughs> and it, the head just tumbles off in the body. Oh, just oh, like, God. <laughs> clean decapitation i went wow yeah that'll work <laughs> and it surprised a lot of people when you show them that they're like that yeah. was at 50 yards i said that was 50 yards yeah i'd be surprised that would be a, that that'd be a that'd be a cool video to watch for sure that's it, what it, i was running i don't know uh, if it, i don't think we have that one on our facebook anymore that probably violates if i'd have seen it i'd have told you <laughs> yeah pretty that's, graphic that's what i was starting yeah. off uh that's what i started the season off with last year was i Code Black Duck uh, with the three-inch six-shot. And the first group of birds that came through was a group of Canadian geese. And I was like, oh, God, I've got six-shot against a Canadian goose. Like this, well, this may not end well, but we're going to try it. And first, dude, sledgehammer just crushed it. And I was like, huh, all right, well, that works. Where's the next one? And just kept picking at him and God, man, they're just, oh, I don't think you can beat them. I, I may be a little biased, but <laughs> I don't think you can so, beat them. I got a question for you. Um, we talked a little bit about wadding. Obviously, we'll, we'll stay vendor agnostic, right? Um, let's, you know, but every, every shell out there, I mean, a wadding is a wadding. They all, you know, generally do the same thing, but there's different types of wads. Like you mentioned on the three and a half, so, you know, a little bit longer. Um, some, some are solid wads. Some, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different technology that goes into different types of wads. Mm -hmm. Do you all notice a difference? And, and again, fender agnostic, but is there a difference in flight with the different types of, of wads or do you find it more to be the shot size or, you know, what, what's the, what's the thought there? Um, as far as like patterning, uh, we have seen some people, I don't remember what ammo it was in testing. There was uh, some of those flight controlled wads. Whenever we first, yeah. they first came out, we recommended not to use them in our chokes that use the stud system because what those pedals that open up are yeah. doing is the same thing as our stud ring does. So we didn't want to run the risk of those pedals getting stuck inside the barrel and then something happened. So that's actually what led us to uh, develop and release our Anaconda line because we wanted to have a choke that could shoot flight controlled wads for those who like it, but also shot everything else well. And my dad had this idea um, and I remember watching him make prototypes and just kind of dabbling with this idea. He said that he knows that there's a way to harness the gas that is behind that round to make it affect the pattern. 
And it started off with just straight down the end. There was like, it almost looked like a clover uh, with like an end mill to make sort of like gas channels that can come out around. And he, you know, that we tested it, it shot really well, but there was no way that we could mass produce that. And my mother came up with the idea, you know, being president and head machinist here that does all the <laughs> programming and stuff on the machines. She figured out that, well, shoot, I can just back my tool out a little bit and it will put a gas channel spiral on the inside. And that's how we came up with the Anaconda. And then they passed it off to me with, uh, you know, how do we, how do we want to market it? What, you know, what color should we do for this? And I said, well, you know, OD green would probably fit, you know, green Anaconda makes sense. But we had a little bit of issues early on trying to find a good powder coat that can hold up because a lot of gun cleaners are super, super aggressive yeah. and they mm -hmm. will just eat paint right off of anything. And they're all getting sandblasted and powder coated. So I was in the army at the time. I knew that Sherwin-Williams is the company that got the contract for all of the chemical agent resistant coatings that get put on generators, Humvees, everything. It's that matte finish. And I said, oh. well, I'm going to call Sherwin-Williams and see if they can get me some OD green powder coat. And we've been working with them forever since to get our chemical agent resistant powder coat. And man, they hold up really well now that we've got it, you know, nailed down. And it's been like that since most of our production, we used to powder coat the whole thing. And that's how, you know, like that was before we ever uh, switched to better powder coats. Um, I mean, I'm the one who did the torture testing on them with different <laughs> solvents to see what was, what would and would not eat off the powder coat. And then once we switched, we haven't had an issue since. Um, I will say with the Anaconda, they're way easier and faster to produce because we don't have to send them anywhere for coatings. So we can do everything in house right here. So that's why that's cool. we're able to offer them at a lower price. Uh, and you know, a lot of people, they, they get steered away from the idea of, Oh, I don't know if I want to spend a hundred dollars on a choke. Well, okay, good. We've got one right here. It's 59 95. It's got a 30 day money back guarantee, just like all of our other products. If you don't like it, send it back. We'll give you your money back. That's pretty cool. That's, that's really, really damn cool. I mean, I just, uh, you just don't see that anymore. So, uh, and and I I just I don't know I, I've always wondered you know, kind of get back to the to the wadding, um, I that was that was like my biggest I, I'm you know there's a thousand questions I wanted to ask you today and that was like the number one that just kept coming back and it was like you know and, and I read like we talked earlier I I oh he froze I gun shells for turkey and uh, you know I've always you know that was the big question that I had in my head I don't use flight control in turkeys obviously you know but. Um, I, I, it's just, man, to, to see, obviously you put the time, energy and effort into it to figure this stuff out with different wads and different stuff. Man, is there anything y'all don't do? I mean, it's just, I mean, you live, eat and breathe this stuff. I mean, we cannot account for <laughs> operator error. There you go. There's nothing we can do about that. Right. We've had tons of people come to us and, you know, they'll be with their buddies. They're at the show and they're like, Man, I just can't hit anything with it. And his buddy looking at him, like, that's because you suck. <laughs> you can't hit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we some can't time do anything to fix that. Yeah. But for a while, we were actually, we had uh, stickers and stuff that we would sell that had uh, waterfowl population control specialist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we like that because our whole idea, we like this idea that it's, you know, less cripples. Because a lot of people, no one feels good having to pump an extra round into a bird, especially if it's flapping there. Like it's, it's depressing. No one wants to do that. So if you can make it deadly enough on that first shot, you don't got to worry about it. Yeah. Um, with wads though, uh, there's so many different types. Uh, as far as, I mean, what works best, I will recommend to every person go test them. Yeah. You just got to test it, see how your gun likes it, because that's uh, it's one of the biggest things I recommend 
anybody who buys a new tube or if they call in on like tech line and have, you know, an issue with something, I always say what you need to do is take your gun, put the tube in it, grab a bunch of different types of ammo, and then go pattern test it and see what you like. Because yeah, you might have this gun and your buddy might have the exact same gun. They could be made the same day off the assembly line, one serial number different, and they will react completely differently with the same ammo. Yep. It's it's very much, I mean, it's a scatter gun. Yep. And it's very hard to get them dialed in and precise. But testing and knowing what your weapon will do is one of the best things that you can do as far as uh, making sure that, you know, consistency. You get that confidence of knowing exactly how your pattern's going to hold and, you know, where it's hitting. Because with turkey especially, that's one where, you know, it might, you might think, oh yeah, I'm dead on it. But then you go and pattern your gun and you can see like, well, I'm actually like slightly top right quadrant. And now I know at 40, I need to just be just a little bit down and to the left. But you would never know that if you don't go out and pattern your gun. Yep. And I mm-hmm. recommend even waterfowl people go, go test it. Absolutely. You need to see what it's doing to know how you're going to be able to hit, you know, whenever they're, 60, 80 yards away. You need to know what your gun's doing. Yeah, the easiest way to see uh, what the choke does in real time, because you can't ever see the, you know, the three-dimensional pattern moving through the air, is to shoot it across water. Uh, with a constriction choke, like we're, you know, I, I said before, you will see that spray as it hits the water, whereas our choke just makes a big splash. It just hits yeah. all at once. Um and it makes a, a very large splash. Back in the day, we actually had, uh, I want to say it was a police department that was doing testing because my dad had also designed our choke with a door breacher setup that could be, he put threading on the outside of it so that you could screw a door breacher onto it. And they were using them and they did some testing with uh, semi-truck mud flaps they had hanging up at I think 40 yards and shooting them with the standard constriction choke. You just watch them swing back and forth and then they hit it with ours and it wrapped those around the (laughs) pole that was holding them, wrapped them all the way around it. That's so the difference in energy is definitely there. You will feel that downrange. So how do I get a choke tube with the threading for a door breach? <laughs> we don't actually produce them. There are a few left. We tried for a while to make our tactical chokes. Okay. Uh, which sort of have like a breacher end on them. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do a whole lot of marketing with them. Uh, we would take them to shows and stuff and show people. Cause you know, you always got to have your tactical stuff. Uh, and they didn't do very well, so we kind of stopped producing them. But I think we still have some somewhere, uh, just around. I got you. I got but you. so we kind of talked about we got the code black goose, the code black duck, code black turkey. What other models are you guys making? And the anaconda. So I think you mm-hmm. guys. There's a couple more, right? Yeah, uh, we have our classics, which. Uh, the Pattern Master Classic is sort of like the OG, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real difference between the Classic and the Code Blacks is the Code Blacks are all done in a titanium nitride coating. Um, and then they're also marketed uh, game-specific. Gotcha. So it's duck, timber, upland, goose, big game, turkey. Uh, whereas our Pattermaster Classics are short range, mid range, long range, extended range, um, ported or unported, silver or black. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the Anacondas, which also come in short, mid, and long range. And the uh, Striker, which our uh, Anaconda Striker is meant to be a more entry level turkey choke. Um, what we've noticed is our turkey, code black turkey, is as tight as we can possibly make it without getting pellet deformation. So that's as tight as we could go without something having to give. Mm-hmm. And with our uh, anaconda striker, one, it's using the anaconda technology, so it's easier for us to produce them. 
so that we can offer them cheaper. And they are a little bit more open. Some people have problems uh, hitting birds whenever they get in too close with our co-black turkey because it's too tight. It's like shooting a golf ball at them at 10 right. yards. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really hard to, to hit them sometimes. So our anaconda striker is just a little bit more open, um, but it's still absolutely deadly. My brother dropped a tom at like 53 yards uh, with the anaconda in just a Remington 870. And <laughs> what do you mean just a Remington did. 870? Hold on, yep. we're backtrack here. What do you mean just a Remington 870? I know. They're, Man, that, that's one of the best guys you can buy. They make a great boat rudder if you need an oar. Hell yeah. They're the <laughs> they're best. Just, they're, they are a true multi-tool. They're they are. Gun, they are boat the most paddle, icebreakers, whatever you need them for. They're awesome. That and the, <laughs> uh, what is it, the Mossberg 835. Yep. That sucker. 835, <laughs> 935, what a tank. Yep. <laughs> you could pull the tube out of the barrel and use it to drive nails into wood. Like <laughs> yeah. that's how those jokes are. They are massive. <laughs> Yep. Oh, oh God. We almost have to use like 10 gauge collets and stuff to hold on to them. <laughs> <laughs> Mossberg. It's uh made to last. <laughs> yeah. Man, my I've got an old 870. Well, old. I I'm do only, too. I'm only 24, so mine's not that old. But man, that was the first shotgun I got. And that thing has been beat to the end of the world and back. And it is still an absolute trooper. I take it out like every year just to clean it up, put it back away. But the stock's all chipped and marked up from dropping it out of a deer stand or using it as a boat paddle or breaking ice with it or whatever. Man, yep. just love them. That's, that's how I started in um, was the 870 with the uh, pattern master. That's what I hunted with growing up as a kid. They're just like a Timex. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. That's right. That's for sure. <laughs> um, as far as other uh, products, we also have our Anaconda, the SSS line, shooting sports series. Okay. Uh, my mom thought that was funny. Call it. That's really cool. <laughs> I got to admit, that's really cool. I like that. Uh, those are designed for uh, shooting sports. We have our trap mid, trap long, sporting clay, and skeet tubes. Uh, they are kind of a combination of uh, our technology for controlling pattern with our stud system, but they use the Anaconda coil zone that we call it the, uh, gas channel. So the, uh, the SSS tubes, they come knurled on the outside. They're all silver. Uh, because you know, if you're out there shooting a 10, $15,000 shotgun, you, you don't normally want to put something that's OD green or painted on the end of it. Yeah, I guess. But that there is an expensive game. Those people take that sport very seriously. Oh, uh, yes. We got into it for a long while. My dad and brother, they still play uh, at least once a week. Um, we got into trap really heavy. Uh, that was that was our sport. Um, skeet as well, but man, it's just really hard to, to stay on them birds when they're coming at you. That uh, <laughs> is. So that's uh, our shooting sports series. It's the Anaconda line. It's just the, like our, uh, for example, the skeet tube is our short range Anaconda, but it's been cut back a little bit to allow it to open up quicker Okay. because you really need a big pattern. Um, the trap mid and long, I think are 715 and 700 constriction. Um, I always use the long range, uh, sometimes the mid range, but they it's nice with trap shooting because you can just let those birds get out there and then as they're peaking and about to start coming down you can just pow yep. powder <laughs> yep i said it's funny you were talking about you know ten fifteen thousand dollar gun man i go out there with my duck gun with a code black uh code black duck in it covered in mud and mm -hmm. that's my favorite thing to go shoot trap with because you have, you know you have guys walking around with their five thousand dollar ten thousand dollar over unders yep. and they're like who the hell is this kid you get up yep. there and shoot a 23 and they're like wait what what are you shooting i just i don't know man it's my duck hunting gun it's got a pattern master in it and it shoots pretty nice that's the secret <laughs> to the game it doesn't matter how much you spent on your gun it matters how well you can yeah. shoot your gun there you go that's <laughs> the key that's the big ticket 
Yeah. Yep. I, I tell people, I, you know, I, I have, I have nice guns um, and I have functional guns, but ultimately it only matters the person who's pulling the trigger, you know, you know, for example, my wife is five, three, she's, you know, for her to sling up a Beretta, you know, a 400 is not a comfortable gun for her. You know, she just doesn't like, it's too big for her. I mean, she's a little person, you know, she's, yeah. you know, so for her to go and sling up, you know, a 20 gauge H 70, you know, not a problem. She's all in, you know, but what's, you know, what's functional. I mean, you can even, you know, she likes kind of like youth models. I mean, she'll shoot a Stoger. That's her like go-to, but um, it, it's a, it, again, it goes back to what are you comfortable with? What's mm-hmm. going to make you feel confident enough to make the shot, make the shot and be good at it. You know? And if, if you're, if you're shooting a thumper out there, you're probably not going to want to go, you know, test fire that thing a whole lot. You're going to go look cool in the range and that's all right. Great. Whatever. But I don't know. Um, it, it, it all comes back down to the person pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. How good are you? I mean, I was always very fortunate because obviously we have one of every gun, like every new <laughs> shot. So cool. We have to have one. You have to have the barrel in order to make sure that everything fits like it's supposed to. It might say it's a cryo tube, but we need to double check it. We have to yep. be sure. So uh, I fell in love with the uh, Super Black Eagle 2. Whenever we got one of those, we bought one used. And I took that every time we went shooting shotguns from the time I was like 12 on up. So naturally, whenever we started getting into trap shooting, I decided I wanted to go buy Benelli Super Sport because I'm like, you know, this is it, it's like a Super Black Eagle, but it's made for the game. And I was like, OK, that's what I'm going to do. And I went and bought one and I went out there and I shot well with it. But then I went and patterned it. And I don't know if it was because it had a ported barrel or what. I I didn't like the way it patterned. I said, you know, it's it's a little bit more open than what I want. I like to let my birds wait and then get them while they're out there. Um, and I wanted to get it tighter. And just no matter what I did and everything I threw at it, I could not get this thing to perform. I meant, I, I started thinking like maybe it's something with the barrel. Maybe I should call Benelli, see what's going on, and maybe get a replacement barrel or something. I ended up trading it in. <laughs> Actually, before I traded it in, I went and we shot a uh, trap we always would do play at least like two rounds and I went 50 straight. I went 50 <laughs> straight with it. I was using our blind side tube, which is, I don't even think we sell that anymore. That was just kind of a one-off design that we had, but I patterned it and I liked it. I went 50 straight with that thing. And then I was like, you know what? I want to get something else. So I, I took it, sold it and got a uh, Browning uh, Satori. What is it? The, yeah. 625 it's not the uh the ds choke it's the uh invector plus yep but i love that gun it just something about it it felt solid it just felt really rigid in your hands and you know you just point and it's it's on there whereas you know the the semi-auto it just there's a lot of moving parts it doesn't Mm -hmm. have that rigid feel um but yeah, I never went. I never went fifty straight with that Browning. <laughs> I liked shooting it more. I never went fifty straight with it. Oh man, fifty straight, and you gave up the gun. I don't think I could do that. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. I kind of regret well, that. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned something, and I, I wanted to ask before you know we run out of time. But one of the things that that you kind of talked about is you know obviously different guns, different you know, perform different ways, and you've got all these different, but. You've got to have one of every single gun, right? Not not every gun. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Every, like, if it, a new design comes out. Yeah. And, like, the uh, Super Black Eagle 3 that just came out recently, we had yeah. to buy one. We know what choke it takes, but we had to buy one to make sure. And then we also needed to pattern test it. Because if we don't have the gun to pattern test it, we can't stand by that right. it's going to do the same thing as the SB2 did. Right. You don't know that. Right. So we have to have one and we have, you know, a pretty decent budget for that to make right. sure that everything new that comes out, we have to get one. And now we're getting into 28 gauge and making chokes for that and four tens. So we have to just kind of expand everything and get more of these. But 
uh, Ray over at our uh, shipping and receiving warehouse kind of area. He also is the guy who handles the tech line. He's our inventory specialist. He does so much. But yeah, Ray is the one who does uh, all of our pattern testing now. And yeah, we're keeping him busy with all the new prototypes <laughs> coming out. Plus, we've got uh, new stuff coming for CZ. Um, a lot of manufacturers and stuff upcoming from us. But, that's got to be that's got to be a task to try to keep up with it all and and you know knowing how you know how each one kind of performs i mean it'd be fun as all get out but i can imagine that's just got to be just one heck heck of a task yeah you really got to have your finger on the pulse of the market and know what's coming what's the new thing that's coming out like oh new ammo's coming out all right we got to go test it we got to make sure that we know what it's doing with this and how it's going to perform um all of that. It's uh, it's a lot to keep a handle on. I'm just thankful that's not my department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, well, and somebody else go get a sore shoulder. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I say, and a lot of a lot of those weird kind of smaller cartridges are coming back. Um, you know, like 410 in the last couple of years has made a. I think it's made a huge resurgence with the you know the Stevens. Um, mm-hmm. I bought the uh, one of the little Rossi single shot 410s last year. Um, and you Henry's see those lever action 410, right? I mean, you see those yeah. everywhere the 28 gauges, um, you know, 16's getting easier to find shells for. So, um, you know, you see a lot of a lot of guys starting to start shooting stuff make. like that. We don't make a 16, that's I think the only one that we don't make one for. We've got 410, 28, 20, 12, 10, no 16. I mean. The ammo is getting more more common, but yeah. once we start seeing more production and everyone's coming back out for you know new sixteen gauge, then right we'll have to be in there. But yeah, a lot of uh, waterfowl guys are switching to twenty eight, and mm-hmm. you know I I get it. It's lighter, it's easier to carry. You know the ammo's easier to haul around. Um, turkey guys are starting to love that four ten because I mean if you can have a tight enough shot. Just hit them right in the head. <laughs> yeah, yep. for sure. It's all you need. Yeah. So uh, real quick, I wanted to ask, this was this was one of the questions that I had written down today that I, I was really wondering about. It's kind of the, the, the other part of this is ported versus not ported. Hmm. Um, I, I'm sure you've heard it. Um, is there a difference? Let's just, I, I'm, I'll lay it on the table. Ported versus not, not ported. Go for it. <laughs> okay. I got a funny way of telling you what the difference is. And that is get in a ground blind real close to your buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then ask him if it's loud. <laughs> <laughs> the ported tubes are oh, louder. So loud. You can just hear it when you're beside it. It's just a, a sharp crack. Um, the unported is a little quieter. The As far as a difference in uh, performance, you're not really going to see much of a difference. It's more personal preference. If you want the, you know, the porting, go for it. If not, that's fine too. Um, I actually ended up doing a lot of, uh, once I switched over to that uh, browning uh, for trap shooting, I went back to our uh, long range standard unported choke. And I think it was just because that was what I was like raised with was the stud ring and our anacondas, they shoot great. It's just, I, I like the way that they shoot. There's just something about the stud system that it, it kept pulling me back. And, you know, having the ability to just swap out immediately, all I got to do is write up a slip and be like, hey, I'm taking this. <laughs> Thank you. Make sure that it's on the inventory. I'll mark that off and chalk that up for, you know, testing. <laughs> um but yeah, it just, both of them hit extremely hard and they, they crumble and just turn those clay birds to powder. But I like the, the confidence that I felt with the stud system. Um, not that I didn't feel it with the anaconda, but it's, there's just something about it. I, I can't quite put my finger on it. It might be probably more in my head than anywhere, but so that's I what it's about, I'd though. It, and that's what I wanted to use. It's a confidence thing. I get it. Yep. You know, if that's what makes you feel good about taking that shot, go for it. No issues. Yeah. Yep. And 
there's, you know, I probably would have done just as well, regardless of which choke I had in there. But I felt cool. <laughs> <laughs> I felt cooler whenever I had my, my stud system in there. Well, that's, a, I think, a big thing, too, you know, the confidence in what you're shooting that I find a lot in using the Pattern Master, you know, whether it's the Code Black Duck or this year the Code Black Turkey while I'm turkey hunting, is when you see, even just going to shoot, you know, going to shoot clays, I don't know that I've ever, like, split a clay in half with a Pattern Master. It's, it's either a clean miss or it's absolutely powdered. To the point where you're like, did I, where'd the clay go? Oh, it's gone. There is no more clay. It's just that confidence just builds in your head, even duck hunting. You know, you're out there, it's, it's probably the same as if I was shooting a code black goose or, could, you know, code black duck or, you know, this, that, whatever. But just having that confidence of, man, I just smashed that bird. All right, let me do that again real quick. It's not a, you know, a lot of it's probably psychological and that kind of head game of confidence building, but it works. <laughs> so we're going to run with it and keep, keep rocking with it. Sort of like that, uh, the feeling that all the kids had in the sandlot when they hit that ball <laughs> and it busted the guts right out of it. Whoa. Yeah. Like they were just dumbfounded. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, man, I've never seen a bird do that. <laughs> But yeah, that, uh, oh man, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> the, uh, the confidence, as long as you're confident with what you're shooting, that's going to probably play more of a factor into how well you're going to do than anything. Cause it's all just a big mental game, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's hunting or, you know, bird shooting or, uh, you know, clay pigeons. Right. Um, where we are located, uh, it's not like super like waterfowl country. So there's not a whole lot of people who know about us or know who we are. So whenever we started getting into, you know, trap and skeet, which I mean, my dad was on the board of directors for a range that's like right down the road from our house. But we started getting into different trap leagues and stuff and going around with all these guys. And they started watching us shoot these people who've been doing this for 40 years. And they just started watching us. And they said, you know, what are you, what are you shooting? Like, what are you using? And immediately like, oh, great. Here comes the sales pitch. Like, yeah, right. This is our product. <laughs> um, if you'd like to try them, we'll let you go, you know, here, screw this in the end of your barrel, go test it. See if you like it. If you like it, you know, I'll sell you one. And man, they caught on at several different ranges and, Next thing you know, our league's doing really, really well. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. great. It's like, okay, we might have an unfair advantage. It's like, well, we don't want to go up against them. You know, they got, they got choke tube manufacturers on their team. <laughs> R&D guys over here figuring out exactly how to win. <laughs> hey, you know, it's uh, if you're not, if you're not on the cutting edge, you're probably behind, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, it, there's an old adage and I won't say, well, I'll say it. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and you're not cheating until, uh, until somebody makes a rule that says it's against the rules. So, so yeah. you, and you ain't cheating until you get caught. Right. That the rules. Uh, we have a new choke out now called our black Mamba. Uh, this one's okay. got a bit of a story to it. Do you guys, uh, do you have like meat shoots in your area? Oh yeah. Like mm -hmm. card shoots. It's like what 30 yards or something like that. Just a little paper square. Yep. And they give you the junkiest ammo they can find and just oh, say, yeah, whoever gets closest to the center. That's what we designed uh, that uh, the black Mamba for, which it's a <laughs> Anaconda striker, except it's done in black and it is uh, slightly more open. I think it's a 690 constriction um, because our striker is a 670. And a lot of places have a 680 limit that nope. you can't go tighter than 680. So we put this out there specifically as like a card shooting choke. And it, honestly, we, we had people from Russia come to us and ask us to make this thing. And then we thought about it and we're like, well, yeah, we actually could market that as a you know card choke because that makes sense. And we do a lot of that here. There's one right up the road from us that they do it all the time. Just a big old table full of meat and we normally, I mean, we've never left empty handed, so we normally yep. do pretty well. <laughs> um, 
but that's our, our black Mamba choke is, is primarily for card shooting. If you want to be able to get as close as you can to the center of that without going under the, uh, the bore limit, that's, that's the two BUs. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> now I know how to win the next Turkey shoot. On right. That. I say it's We're game on now. We yeah, all good. Put my order in tomorrow. <laughs> right Something on. about our uh, our anaconda chokes that I've always noticed is that uh, the pattern is always extremely consistent. Not just that it patterns the same every time, but the spread between the pellets is always very uniform. It's mm-hmm. there's not like any holes or spots, and it's not like clustered. It's very evenly spread. So to get, you know, something like that's why we actually made that four trap skeet sporting clay, because, you know, you're never going to have to deal with an issue of like a hole in your pattern. So you were, you were talking about wads earlier mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's an issue that some wads have caused is that they can sometimes follow the shot down and create a hole in your pattern. Yep. And that's another reason that we focus on remove the wad from the equation, pull that thing away as fast as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, have y'all ever done anything with ballistic gels? Like do you ever pattern them with ballistic gels? I, I, I was just sitting here thinking about this. I'm like, I could mix some of that stuff up and see what the, <laughs> put no, it on a high speed. I don't know if we have footage of it, but I would be willing to bet. Okay, so a little backstory. My dad, uh, after being a gunsmith, got a job with Department of Homeland Security. And that's also, he, you know, my mom got hired there. Uh, He worked in the ballistics lab for uh, at least a few years while he was there. And I remember I was just a a little, little guy. He was bringing home just big 80 pound slabs of ballistics gel. And I was, you know, running at him with like a, knife sharpener it's not actually a knife (laughs) i thought it was a sword i'm stabbing the thing with it i guarantee he must have shot into some of that while he was there i mean if you had access to it i don't know that we have any footage of that though i might have to figure out a way to do that (laughs) (laughs) it's probably going to slap that thing off the table i say i bet it'd send it flying i bet it'd be a cool cool video to watch well, if you guys want to do that, let us know. We're going to do it. All right, we'll so we're going to have to cut that like last 30 seconds out so nobody steals the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell nobody. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. That's awesome. Um, I've always wondered. I mean, I've seen I've seen so many different ballistic gel tests and and things like that, but, why? you know, and, and the way that, like, when I, um, like, tungsten is super expensive, you know, so, I mean, I shoot a lot of it, but. I can recover a lot of it. You know, I've got a recovery, you know, uh, patterning system set up and all kind of drops down with carpet and all that stuff. It's kind of rudimentary, but it works, you know, and I can recover it and doesn't yeah. deform. But um, I would love, I mean, just I'm sitting here thinking about this. I'm like, I can mix it up. I know how to make it. Why wouldn't we do this? This would be the greatest idea ever. Yeah. See what it looks like. So like, I, uh, I figured I'd see what y'all had done first. So. Like a Grand Thumb or Kentucky Ballistics, yep. Ranch. Yeah, yep. get a good video going. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think it'd be awesome. I really do. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool. It would also be cool to do uh, different types of shot. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Because steel yeah. is so not dense. And yep. then do one with tungsten. Do one with yep. lead. Mm-hmm. Yep. See Isn't the difference. It, see how it all kind of plays out. I think it'd be so cool. I said, that's, oh, yeah. a, so that's cool. one that I'd like to do is, you know, the same shell length, shot size, load, feet per second, you know, all of it. Try to match it all the way across the board. The only difference being tungsten steel or steel yeah. bismuth or tungsten and bismuth or, you know, whatever. Start throwing them against each other and see how it how that pattern changes or how hard they hit a ballistic block and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now you're thinking scientifically. Yeah. Why we are the science of shot. <laughs> yeah. That's it. There that's it a great way to say it. The that's science it. of shot. That is I mean, a, there's a lot genius. of physics going into it. We got yeah. to make sure that you know what it's doing. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, when I come up with a shotgun recipe, you know, for my shells and mm -hmm. for turkey versus, you know, 12 gauge, 410, you know, 20 gauge, whatever it is that I'm making, it's, you know, and, and you've got to be able to test it. You've got to know what, you know, um, and, and I work with a company who, who does a really good job with, with it. I, I can't tell, I can't tell people their name, but they, they make some, they help me make some good recipes and, um, and I share it with them what I've done. It's a really, really cool setup, but, um, and I'll tell you after we drop off about that and you can, <laughs> they'll help you out. I mean, that that's, I think that's, this might be right up their alley. I think this would be pretty cool to work with them and get different recipes, different types of uh, shot, use your chokes and let's see what it goes. You know, see yeah. how it goes. That'd be cool. Good setup. <laughs> Back right in on. the day, this is really unrelated. Back in the day, who was it? I think it was Remington. They actually sold from the factory a gun with our choke in it. Uh, it was an 1187, I believe. I think they called it the Duck Commander or the Duck Hammer or something like that. It doesn't ring a bell, but I, I can, I'll go look it up. Time ago. Probably like early 2000s, I'm going to guess. Yeah. But that so was a, a team up thing that we did for a little bit. So y'all aren't, y'all are not tied to one brand. I mean, you don't, you don't affiliate or collaborate with different manufacturers or anything. No, I mean, we gotta, we have to be sort of neutral in order yeah, to work I with get everybody. It. Yeah. Um, I get it, I get it. Anytime a new product comes out, which I mean, there's tons that I've been chirping, trying to be like, Hey, we should, you know, like uh what is it? Fab arm their one because i saw a lot of people shooting them up you know shooting sporting clays and stuff i'm like we should really you know get one of them so that <laughs> not only because i kind of want one <laughs> but, uh, yeah we should really get one of these so that we can figure out you know how to do some testing with it but yeah we try to uh keep it fairly open i mean dad's done some some chokes for uh what was it he's got a parazi that he likes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what's not to like about that yeah I, honestly <laughs> i don't know if he likes it any more than his satori <laughs> but <laughs> he, it is a very nice gun and he just he loves to collect so that's i mean he's got safes upon safes upon safes that's just his hobby that and building guns Awesome. He'll always be a gunsmith at heart. I mean, he's done it for 55 years. Yeah. Hard to get out of that world. Yep. He'll never quit. Yep. You can always do something a little bit better. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> something a little different. It was a, uh, a 350 legend AR platform. Good Lord. He likes it. I now, imagine. <laughs> no, I imagine. Uh, what is it? Fish and game magazine. I was looking at some ballistics tests and stuff on that. I'm like, you know, Dad, why don't you get it? You know, this 4570 government, that's still a really good cartridge. <laughs> oh, like, yes. You do something in that. Yep. But I, I feel like if you're going to do a 4570, it has to be, you cannot do anything else but put that in a lever action gun just because. I mean, it, it belongs there. Yeah. It, it does. Yeah. It does. I mean, there's there's no way around that one. You know, great yep. big draw on that thing, just let it rip. So, yeah. Watch that the old travel short barrel terminator. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <The> rifleman. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> yep. Oh man, that is cool. Well, right I think on. we're getting close to our time, aren't we, Benny? Yes, sir. I was just gonna bring that up. We're getting pretty close on time here. Cool. All righty. So, you want to wrap it up, Mike? I will. Um, Logan, first, thanks for taking the time today. Um, Absolutely. It, it, it's super cool to talk with you. Um, I'd love to get you back on and, and talk a whole, I mean, I guarantee you, I could ask you a hundred more questions and, uh, but, uh, first and foremost, you took the time out to come on the podcast. You know, we appreciate that time and, uh, thank you tremendously. It's, it's, it's been an absolute privilege to sit here and talk with you about the science of shooting. So, uh, Absolutely. Um, so how do people find you though? Um, you can use social. Uh, you can visit our website. We are uh, the official pattern master, I believe, on Instagram. And I think Facebook is pattern master, the science of shot. We also are at patternmaster.com. We also have a 
app that you can download from either the Apple or Google App Store. Um, it's just the Pattern Master app that includes our tube finder. A lot of people have difficult time figuring out what choke they need, what fits their yep. gun. If you use our tube finder, put in the model of your gun and what you're looking for, and it will tell you everything we make that fits it. So it okay. definitely simplifies that for you. Um, I also want to extend to you guys, if you'd ever like to come by the shop and watch us in production, yes. we're here Monday through Thursday, 10 hours a day. Do not uh, threaten me with a good say, time. Yeah, I'll be there <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yep. We'll come down. We'll make a video out of it or something. I'd love to. Absolutely. That, page. that Absolutely. would be so cool. 100%. Yep. Um, watch the full production in, in motion. I love it. I mean, I, I can sit there. I mean, like how, you know, how that, you know, there used to be a show. It's a, uh, how's it made or, you know, mm -hmm. that, I I'd sit there for hours. And and so I, I would, I, you'd have to kick me out. I'd sit there and just watch it all. So, Oh, that's fine. Oh man. That's We're used to that. Our, our media group, they're always looking for more content. They're like, Oh, we just need more content. We need more content. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I can only I can only slap this GoPro inside a lathe so many times and just watch it do kind of the same thing. <laughs> or it's like I don't know, man. Just rehash it and put it in different order or something. I, I right. <laughs> put it in time lapse. <laughs> yeah, See how that goes. It all looks about the same. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Again, though, thank you so much. Um, this has been an absolute privilege, and and you know, we we really want to make sure that uh, um, you know, we. You, again, you gave us our time, gave us the time, gave us the opportunity, um, you know, just super, super cool. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, I'll turn it over to Benny. Yeah, absolutely. Logan, thank you so much for being on. Um, and I appreciate us, it, guys. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as soon as you, uh, as soon as you got a hold of uh, D&T Media, they immediately sent it over and it was like, Logan needs to get on this. I said, and you called me, I think that afternoon and how, I think we had like a 45 minute conversation on my way home from work, just talking and talking and talking. I talked to, yep. or called Mike afterwards. I was like, dude, this one's going to be awesome. I'm so excited for this one. Yeah, so, absolutely. Thank you so much, Logan. And, uh, we'll stay in touch and work on some things hopefully in the future and we'll see where it goes. Sounds good. Sure. Awesome. We'll, we'll be here. Right on guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week. See you. Right, take her easy. crazy, high-tech, or lazy the rest of the country gets, we will always be hunting and fishing. If that's you, you've found your new family. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. Reach out to us by email at info at thehuntingquest.com. And check us out on Instagram and YouTube at The Hunting Quest. See you next time.